Welcome to the Way of Crypto podcast, your best daily news source covering everything happening in the crypto and Bitcoin space every single weekday morning. We go over market news, price action, and of course, all the drama happening in crypto every single day. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and do that as a general supporter at three bucks a month. Or if you want to take it up a notch, you can contribute to the show with 10 bucks a month. This allows you to not only contribute to the show financially, but also with show content as well as it enables you to ask any question you want, hopefully about crypto. But if not, I'm probably going to answer it anyway. And we'll go over all those answers every single Friday. However, the best way to support the show is simply to subscribe and give us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can do this on Spotify and Apple and all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Subscribe, give us a review. That's the best way to support the show. Finally, if you want to take your keys into your own hands, you can purchase a Ledger device through the link in the description. This ensures you're purchasing the device through the Ledger website and it has not been tampered with by a third party like what can happen if you purchase through Amazon or eBay or a third party seller. You never know if your device has been tampered with. Uh, so use the link in the description. It ensures you're purchasing through Ledger and also 10% of that purchase will go to support the way of crypto at no extra cost to you. If you want to reach out to me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Way of Cryptocast, on TikTok at Way of Crypto. But the best way is to go to the website www.thewayofcrypto.com. There's an email link there. You can fill it out. Let me know your questions, comments, and concerns, and I'll get back to you. There's also an RSS link on the website if you run your own podcast server and you want to subscribe through that RSS link. You can do that. Let's get into the news. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Way of Crypto Podcast. We got a ton of news going on today. Uh, everything is looking pretty good. Bitcoin is continuing to rally. Ethereum has paused a little bit. I'm guessing that's probably a little bit of the buy the rumor, sell the news crowd uh, selling their Ethereum before the 13th, before that potential date that the merge can start, which is tomorrow. Uh, so they're just getting ahead of it by about 24 hours. Makes sense to me. I think a lot of people anticipated this happening. Bitcoin, or sorry, Ethereum has had a massive rally since the summer. And uh, yeah, expected a very small sell-off though. Still hanging out at 1746. Uh, Ethereum's still looking strong. The price action is still good. Bitcoin right now at 22,339. This pump with Bitcoin looks like it has some legs and it could sustain for a while. However, uh, remain skeptical as always. Uh, remain skeptical because we are still in a bear market. We don't have a clear catalyst that has caused this price to rally in Bitcoin. Yeah, there's Ethereum to merge. Uh, it's a different blockchain. It doesn't affect Bitcoin's uh, macro at all. However, uh, there is just the positive macro environment that surrounded Bitcoin for the last six months or so that has just gotten better and better and better. Maybe that has caught up with the price uh, and it is helping it grind back to that $30,000, $40,000 mark. Time will tell at this moment in time, if that makes sense. Uh, but everything is looking real strong. I'm really looking forward to the markets opening up in about a half hour here. I'm recording this podcast at 8.55 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fear and Greed Index is still uh, at a 25 right now, so I don't think it's caught up with price action, really. Uh, over the weekend, not... If you're paying attention to price action over the weekend, you're outside of the norm, uh, that's for sure. But you're probably also tuning into this podcast because only people that are outside of the norm are still involved in crypto uh, to this day, at this moment in time, during this bear market. Uh, you are the oddballs and I am the oddball as well. 
However, most of that trading volume and most of the interest really is during the week, during market hours, and we're looking at that opener in about 34 minutes here. Uh, anyway, so back to fear and greed. We are sitting at a 25. Last week, a 23. Yesterday, a 26. So we've dipped a little bit. Not sure why. I think the only way that we could be dipping in fear uh, is if the majority of people think this is a fake out, which I actually don't. I think this is a legit rally. That strong 10 11% move in one day is... Strong enough to confirm that they are uh, there is some legs to this for me. Uh, anyways, let's have a look at the Bitcoin price action here. It's currently sitting at twenty two thousand three hundred forty five bucks, up another three point three percent on the twenty four, up thirteen point two four percent on the seven day. Ethereum's at seventeen forty six, down about two and a half or one and a half percent on the twenty four. Up still 11% on the seven day. BNB's at almost three hundred bucks, two ninety seven eighty two flat on the twenty four. And up about 9% on the seven day. XRP is at 35 cents. Cardano is at 30, sorry, 51 cents. Solana is at 38 bucks. Solana has been a big mover over the last couple of days here, up 9% on the 24 and up about 21% on the seven day. Maybe people are trading the potential bad thing that could happen with the Ethereum network. Not sure why Solana is separating itself from a lot of these other altcoins. Uh, however, I do like Solana due to their recent. Uh, NFT trading platform takeover, I would say. Like if you look at OpenSea and look at the volume uh, being traded in NFTs, Solana is just all in that top 10. Uh, they are being used more than a lot of other things right now. And they are, there's no question Solana is moving in on Ethereum in regards to NFTs specifically at this moment in time. Polkadot's at $7.93. Dogecoin's at six cents. Maddox's at 91 cents. Shiba is up 1% on the 24, up about 7% on the 7-day. AVAX at 21 bucks and 81 cents. Tron's at 6.5 cents. Ethereum Classic, 38 bucks flat on the 24, but up about 20% on the 7-day. Uniswap is 6 bucks, 85 cents. Uno said LEO is at almost 5 bucks at 498. Uh, actually down a little bit. One of the few cryptos that's down a little bit over the seven day. Cosmos has had a big rally in the last week, $16.15. Litecoin, I haven't seen that in a while. 61 bucks and 87 cents. Near Protocol has a big rally as well. $5.22 up 10%, 10.5% actually on the 24 and about 25 and three quarters of a percent on the seven day. Let's look for some big movers here. Near's up 10. That's the biggest mover so far. Solana 9. Yeah, I think it's Near Protocol and Solana are the big movers today, at least in the top 30. Let's get into the news here. FDX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried makes prediction for Ethereum merge warns of a potential rough transition. So uh, today, tomorrow, the next day, and probably the next day as well, in crypto land, it's going to be all about the merge, okay? So uh, we are going to touch on it and cover the important things. However, that's not all we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to get the rest of crypto is continuing to move as well. Uh, so we're going to talk about the rest of crypto as well. However, all the important updates and everything like that, we're going to cover uh, for the Ethereum merge on this podcast. So don't worry about that. This is from Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, the CEO of FTX, SBF, if you haven't heard of him, the guy that's buying up everything and building like no other in this bear market. He is giving his final thoughts on what could happen when the Ethereum completes its when Ethereum completes its highly anticipated merge to proof of stake in an interview with CNBC, so mainstream news. 
here. The crypto billionaire says that while in the long term the merger would be beneficial for Ethereum, it's not unreasonable to expect some turbulence when it occurs. I think long term it's probably going to excite going to be exciting for the Ethereum community. It's going to allow substantially faster and cheaper processing and transactions. Yeah, that's over the long term because uh, during the short term with this merge, it is not affecting gas fees or the time that a transaction takes as of right now. I do think that it's going to be, as all big transitions are a little bit rocky at the beginning, I think there's gonna be some messy activity around when it happens. I think that's sort of inevitable both long-term and probably even medium-term. Bankman Freed says he expects a certain amount of confusion and lack of preparedness among those in the Ethereum community. I agree. That's why I just kind of, I'm out of Ethereum right now. I'm not in, I'm not in ETH. I use it. I uh, need some to cover gas fees daily uh, on transactions and trades and NFTs and things like that. However, I'm not holding a big bag. I have uh, this merge scares me a little bit and I've just decided to bow out of the price volatility following the merge I'll buy back in after everything stabilizes in a little bit whenever I think that's happened this is not financial advice like I say in this show I just kind of listen to my gut I tells them what tell I listen to what my gut tells me to do follow that advice and uh, yeah it was kind of telling me to bow out of the merge here I'm gonna let it roll see what happens I am very bullish on ethereum I uh, do think it, it has a the most promising future out of everything besides Bitcoin. Uh, I'm not a Ethereum maxi. I'm not a Bitcoin maxi. I like I like them all. I have some alts as well. However, uh, just this merge kind of scares me a little, and uh, it's more risk than I'm willing to take on in this bear market should something negative happen. Uh, and I'm in a few Ethereum competitors uh, because I kind of agree. I think there's going to be some volatility coming out of this. I think there's a real good potential for some wonky things to happen that may scare off uh, some people and cause these Ethereum alternatives to just skyrocket, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens over the next couple days. Anyways, back to the article here. Bankman-Fried says he expects a certain amount of confusion and lack of preparedness among those in the Ethereum community, which could cause some technical difficulties in the beginning. The CEO predicts that protocols will flub the transaction and a cleanup then will be necessary. I think that first of all, there are going to be some forks of this. Yeah, I think so too. And that's kind of uh, disappointing. We already have a fork. There's already Ethereum Classic, which is essentially useless at this time other than a trade. Uh, I don't see a use for it or to put your graphics cards to use and generate some income. It'd be useful useful for that. Uh, However, all the uh, tech and all the talent is in Ethereum. There's no question they have some really, really talented developers. There's already a fork. So why dilute away from Ethereum with more forks? Uh, I, I guess other than people want to keep mining on their graphics cards, there's other tokens, there's Ravencoin. We'll talk about a little bit of that later on today. However, as more people move into those tokens, the difficulty will go up. They will become less profitable. However, um, there are proof-of-work tokens available. There are always going to be new ones as well coming on the space. I think to fork Ethereum is a mistake. There's too much relying on it. Uh, if you look at all the stable coins, if you want security in a stable coin, you stay on Ethereum, uh, USDC or Tether, doesn't matter which one. If you look at the NFTs, yeah, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast how Solana is taking, moving in on ground with Ethereum, but Ethereum still runs the show over there. There's just a lot being staked on Ethereum, no pun intended. And to fork it, I think, is a mistake. However, when big moves happen like this, other big things happen as well. So 
it's unpredictable. It's completely unpredictable what to expect over the next little bit with the merge. We're going to see lots of things. We're going to hear lots of things. Uh, there's going to be politics involved for sure. I think the move to proof, proof of stake is political. However, uh, I'll, I'll back it and give it a chance and see what happens because uh, the crypto community and Web3 specifically needs Ethereum to succeed. I want to see it succeed. And it's going to play an integral role in that. So yeah, I'm behind the merge. I'm behind the proof of stake. I want Bitcoin to remain on proof of work because Bitcoin's different. Bitcoin is a new monetary system. Ethereum is technology. It's different. It's not Ethereum is not a peer-to-peer transaction where Bitcoin is. It's something different. I don't know quite what that is. I don't think they know either. Uh, but Bitcoin is a new monetary system. It needs to be decentralized. It needs to be on proof of work. Ethereum, Solana, Web3, and all that kind of stuff, Cardano, uh, AVAX, they are something different into themselves, and I don't think we really know what that is yet. Uh, it's a new it's a new interwebs of some kind. We just haven't figured it out exactly what it means for gaming, for uh, file storage, for uh, logging into a website with credentials, with an NFT. We haven't figured all those things out yet. However, it is coming right now. We are at the state of peak innovation and it's going to continue. It's going to continue. We're going to be in this innovation phase for for a little while, maybe maybe years. Uh, we'll just kind of see what happens and what direction it takes. And Ethereum is the it's the leader of that move into Web3 at this moment. We need them to succeed, and I hope everything goes well. And we will be covering this over the next few days, but expect uh, some rockiness. I do anyway. I expect some rockiness. Half of Bitcoin is held at a net unrealized profit. Despite the ongoing market downturn, roughly half of Bitcoin is held at its net unrealized profit. At the six-month and one-year view, Bitcoin price charts Blair Crypto Winter. Last November, it commanded 68000 Remember that, the good old days. Since mid-June this year, however, it's ranged about 20, at the 20 k level. But today, just over half of holders have a net unrealized profit on hand. The Bitcoin rally abruptly... Abruptly, the Bitcoin price rallied abruptly last week. Starting Wednesday, the proof of work king posted a double-digit percentage gain hike at the height of the surge on Friday and kept going up since then. After recovering above the $20,000 level this week, the Bitcoin price action flushed out $160 million worth of Bitcoin shorts. I love seeing shorts get liquidated. I'm sorry if you lost cash, uh, but if you're shorting Bitcoin, I am perpetually long on all things in the crypto space. And if you short, I kind of like seeing you get liquidated, sorry. But even before this rally, nearly 50% of Bitcoin holders were in positive or unrealized gain territory. That's the OGs, and that probably counts Satoshi's coins as well. That's according to an on-chain metric called net unrealized profit or loss, also called the NUPL. Bitcoin held at an unrealized profit matches that held at a loss. So it's 50-50 right now. Unrealized simply means that the metric is for those that haven't sold. So if you've been holding your Bitcoin since you bought it and you are in profit, you bought it in 2017 before the all-time highs uh, in 2017 and you're in profit, you are counted in this metric. It is a measure of whether or not they would gain or lose if they sold at the current average market price. As of Wednesday last week, just before the week's sudden Bitcoin price surge, 47% of nearly half of all Bitcoin holders held had a profit on their hand, according to some estimates. By now, this number sits even higher. Yeah, because we're up another 2,000 bucks since then. Seven-day Bitcoin addresses held at loss decreased. So uh, yeah, that makes sense as well. Because I think I think that during this 
little market downturn we had last week into that $19,000 uh, mark. I think there's a lot of buyers. That's what caused us to rally out of there so quickly. I think, um, I said this before in the podcast, I think we probably hit the bottom. I think people are starting to realize that. And this that nineteen dollars to $20,000 price tag for a Bitcoin just looked too juicy for a lot of people uh, to not per, not buy at that time. Glassnode data also shows that the number seven of seven day Bitcoin addresses holding at a loss, sharply veering up to parity with profitability held coins over the end of August and into the month. So even short term holders are moving into the profitable mark, which makes sense. Unless you bought at what would we hit 25,000 last month, that was kind of like our local uh, local high for this summer. Unless you bought then, there's a real good chance you are at profit or moving into profit over the next couple of days here, I think. I hope I don't jinx it. I'm going to knock on my wooden desk just in case. Let's move on here. Traders say massive. Traders say Bitcoin price bounce is overdue after a massive Bitcoin long position appears. A Binance futures entity has been accumulating for days. I think a lot of people have. We're just looking at the price action. A lot of people have been accumulating for days. We are in a, a, a for sure a local top for accumulation. As a result, could be quite the squeeze analyst. And the result could be quite the squeeze analysts say. Bitcoin traded in an increasingly narrow range on September 6th as bets piled in over the imminent breakout. Binance futures giant sucks in spent Bitcoin. That's kind of uh, a really shitty headline. Uh, Pardon my French. I like to keep this family friendly. Binance futures giant sucks in spent Bitcoin. Yeah, that's like a... I don't like that headline. This is from Cointelegraph. Cointelegraph always has something weird going on with their English. Data from Cointelegraph, Markets Pro, and TradingView showed Bitcoin USD staying under 20,000 for a four straight day with bulls failing to crack resistance. As many wondered when and how the latest consolidation phase would end, two popular social media traders noticed an ongoing accumulation trend by an unknown large-scale Binance futures trading entity with retail investors selling the entity had spent several days soaking up the liquidity and the result was likely obvious bounce incoming this is from the capo of crypto if you want to follow him he's crypto capo underscore on twitter bounce incoming capto of crypto predicted and part of an update on the phenomenon of describing the entity's long position as massive and easily worse thirty thousand dollars bitcoin or more there is quite a unique interest at $19,650 Bitcoin price, uh, Binance Futures. We are seeing the positions filled, the price goes up, then a new wave of selling comes in, hit the new orders again, and repeat. Looks like someone is accumulating hard. I think more than someone, I think a lot of people are accumulating hard. Order data book from Binance uploaded to Twitter by on-chain monitoring resource, material indicators. Meanwhile, showed resistance building overhead into September 6th. We're way past that now. But this moves usually end in a dump. This is in quotes. And the rest of the article is just kind of going over what happened last week. However, uh, we don't need to go over that again because we watch it happen in real time. It's for those of us that did not watch it. And if you're tuning into this podcast, there's a real good chance you are very much tuned into the market. So we have some uh, Security Exchange Commission, U.S. Security Exchange Commission news coming out. And they want to create some specialized offices to, I'm going to use the strong language to target crypto because I'm pretty sure they used it as well. I just couldn't find the article 
In light of the filings from cryptocurrency issuers in the United States, the Security Exchange Commission decided to set up two new offices this fall to provide specialized support to seven offices currently responsible for reviewing issuer filing. Under the Division of Corporate Finance Disclosure Review Program, or the DRP, the Security Exchange Commission announced plans to add two offices, the Office of Crypto Assets and the Office of Industrial Applications and Services, purely focused on dealing with crypto assets and industrial applications and services, respectively. Sharing insights into the move, Renee Jones, Director of the Division of Corporate Finance stated, this is a quote from Renee Jones, the creation of these new offices will enable the DRP to enhance its focus in the area of crypto assets, financial institutions, life sciences, and industrial applications and services and facilitate our ability to meet our mission. Very political statement here. However, uh, the big news being that they are new regulatory offices uh, being set up, one of them directly for crypto in itself, um, which could mean good things, could mean uh, that, that we're getting somebody very educated in the crypto space in that office and able to handle uh, the needs of 2022 crypto regulation or deregulation, keeping your keeping the little greasy paws out of it uh, so it doesn't stifle innovation on the crypto side. It's moving so fast. Even if you're directly involved, you can't see the entire crypto space all at once every day. It's just moving too fast. You have to be uh, specialized. Like somebody like me who goes over the news every 24 hours, my knowledge level is uh, very medium in all things. If you want to really get knowledgeable in the crypto space enough to regulate it in a proper way, the work required would be significant and you'd have to have people specialize in all a bunch of different sectors. You can't just have a crypto guy or even a team. You're going to have to have uh, a very significant amount of people to keep up on what's happening in crypto in all the little branches and all the little nooks and crannies of crypto. There's just so much moving and to regulate that requires a ton of manpower and a ton of specialization and a lot of smarts as well. According to the announcement, the official, the Office of Crypto Assets will take over DRP's effort to review crypto filings, allowing the department to refocus its resources to address the unique and evolving filings review issuers related to crypto assets. The Office of Industrial Applications and Services, on the other hand, will be set up to take over non-pharma, non-biotech, and non-medicinal products from the Office of Life Sciences, uh, not involving crypto. A recent SEC filing revealed MicroStrategy's intent to sell Class A stocks worth $500 million. Uh, yeah, so we actually didn't talk about this in the podcast. I think it happened l kind of late after Friday's show, and news kind of blew over because it's just Michael Saylor buying more Bitcoin. However, important to note, this is a good time to talk about it, Michael Saylor intends on selling some A-Class stocks worth half a billion dollars to buy half a billion dollars more of Bitcoin during this downturn to get his price, uh, his average cost per Bitcoin down. And that would happen significantly unless there's a big Bitcoin rally here and uh, he's forced to buy at that uh, $20,000 mark again, which could happen by the time this all goes through. Uh, anyways, back to the article here. A stock's worth 500 500 million, like we said, and reinvest capital for general corporate purposes, including the acquisition of Bitcoin. MicroStrategy holds approximately 129,699 129, Bitcoin, 
which has amassed over several years uh, with an aggregated purchase price of 3.97 billion. Yeah, so he's that's a significant. Another 500 million is very significant for them, like it would be for 500 million is a significant amount of money. Uh, let's talk about some altcoins here. Fold four altcoins flying under the radar, shoot up 82% or more in just seven days as crypto markets bounce. So this is from the Daily Hodl. There's been lots of stuff happening in Luna, both the Luna Classic and the new Terra Luna token. Uh, we're not really talking about them, I guess, because really they're just meme coins, purely speculative, uh, very much gambles with very little utility whatsoever. Uh, and most of these minus one, uh, which Ravencoin, I don't know a lot about that, just uh, a little spoiler there. Uh, I don't know a lot about Ravencoin other than when I was mining Ethereum, uh, people were mining Ravencoin as well and talking about moving to, even way back then, people were talking about moving to Ravencoin when uh, the merge happened here. However, let's get into this article here. A handful of under the radar altcoins are posting massive weekly gains and outperforming the rest of crypto markets. One of the strongest performers in digital asset space this week is Luna. We talked about that on the show a little bit. The native asset of the Terra hard fork designed to rescue the blockchain's ecosystem after its original version imploded this year. However, Luna Classic has spiked as well. Uh, Luna skyrocketed from a weekly low of $1.80 to as high as $7.51 for an increase of over 300% in just seven days. Massive gains there, especially in a bear rally. Luna has retraced since then and is trading at $5.73 at the time of writing. The next coin to make big rallies this week is, okay, so full disclosure, I don't hold any of these tokens. I hold zero of them. Um... I'm not trying to pump any bags. I'm just talking about the news and uh, what's happened with some of these weird, obscure altcoins. Uh, none of to invest in any of these projects. They've already pumped. I would suggest not to uh, because they're already pumped massively. Uh, so this is not financial advice. And I'm, what I'm kind of saying is don't invest in any of these tokens. However, that is still non-financial non advice, even though I'm telling you to not invest. Anyways, back to the article here. The next coin making big rallies this week is Mold. The staking and utility token of the Loom Network, an Ethereum-based decentralized application platform, Loomold surged from a seven-day low of four cents to as high as nine cents, making gains of 128%. At the time of writing, Loomold is changing hands at nine cents, so it's made a made a double. Another red hot altcoin as of late is VGX. This is Voyager's token. Why this is pumping, who knows? We saw cell cell token, Celsius's token pump uh, as well. I think it went up hundreds of percentage that was um, organized through Wall Street bets. And I haven't researched to see if any of these are as well, uh, but they may be. Another red hot altcoin as of late is VGX, the native token on token of bankrupt crypto broker Voyager. VGX is up 112% this week after surging as low as 50 cents, 56 cents to a high uh, of $1.19. It has since corrected and right now sitting at 92 cents. The last coin flying this week is Ravencoin. This is the only coin that I have general knowledge about other than Luna, obviously. Uh, but Ravencoin is a proof of work token that a lot of people are going to flock to after this merge happens, depending on what happens with the forks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I do see a significant amount of people move to Ravencoin. It's been talked about for years now, moving to Ravencoin once this merge happens. So it's kind of been uh, set up for this for quite a long time now. Uh, anyways, last coin flying high this week is Ravencoin, a proof-of-work community-driven decentralized blockchain network designed to instantly transfer digital assets from one user to another. 
Raven went on a steep rally this week after surging from a seven-day low of 34 cents to as high as 62 cents, an increase of 82 cents. Moving on here, crypto trader who nailed Bitcoin collapse in 2018 predicts big Bitcoin shift. Here's his target. The veteran crypto creator who predicted Bitcoin's crash during the 2018 bear market is warning and a similar type of meltdown could be on the horizon for Bitcoin. Seasoned trader Tone Bays tells his 121,000 YouTube subscribers that Bitcoin appears to be following its price action of May last year when it showed signs of recovery before eventually breaking down. Right here, May 2022, the move was on the downside and it, and it flirted with the upside, but it's still been crashed and then now the same thing is happening and the same thing happened in the past uh yeah keep your guard up don't go all in right now dcan non-financial advice of course uh but bitcoin could break down this rally could break down however it looks strong uh it does look strong that's not saying it can't move in the opposite direction so ens we've talked about ens ethereum's name service and they're suing GoDaddy, which is kind of interesting. Uh, they are, I guess, becoming big players in the domain name, uh, domain name service, and they are suing over ETH.Link. And we'll dig into that a little bit. Domain sold to Manifold Finance for eighty-five thousand, or sorry, eight hundred fifty-two thousand. Uh, the headline of this article: This is from the Defiant.io, Defiant.io. ENS sues GoDaddy and Manifold Finance over ETH.Link sale. Ethereum name service or ENS, like you'll see on OpenSea or any of the um, NFT platforms as well as their own website, has filed a lawsuit against GoDaddy, the publicly listed internet service registrar and hosting company, for selling a key domain name that is integral to its service. The September 5th complaint alleges that GoDaddy unlawfully sold the ETH.Link domain Domain, despite the domain still being registered with GoDaddy until July 26, 2023, it says GoDaddy unilaterally determined the domain had expired after it was not re renewed in July and that ETH.Link would become available for sale on September 5th, 2022, if the registrant failed to take any action. EMS domains are NFTs that are sold. We know that. <clears throat> the, the complaint, I got a little lump in my throat here. Bear with me while I drink some coffee. Sorry about that. The complaint describes the ETH.link domain as a gateway between the traditional DNS namespace and the ENS system. That is a key integral part of the ENS system. At least to me, as a very non-technical guy, sounds extremely integral. The complaint describes the ETH.link domain as a gateway between the traditional DNS namespace and ENS system. Users with ENS domains were able to host content that is accessible to anyone with a web browser using the .link suffix and would be the address vitalik.eth.link. Uh, this GoDaddy sold this for 852,000. GoDaddy sold the domain to Dyna.LLC, another registrar on September 3rd. Dynadot in turn auctioned the domain to Manifold Finance, a project offering middleware-based scaling solutions for DeFi protocols for the hefty price of 852,000. This happened on September 3rd. We didn't hear about this at the time though. Uh, this looks shady, doesn't it? GoDaddy sold the domain name to Dynabot. Yeah, we covered that. In doing so, GoDaddy has deprived plaintiff True Names Limited of its livelihood. The complaint alleges the sale will disable a value cryptocurrency network and recklessly risk making it available to scores of malicious actors. We're going to be following this story. It sounds actually malicious on the uh, part of 
GoDaddy. And uh, yeah, we're going to be following this. Scaling Solution Polygon plans to aggressively expand by hiring 200 people in the coming months. Polygon is a little shining star on, in this bear market. And uh, I think it's going to continue to be that way as well. Being a uh, nice little hedge against high gas fees when you're working with Ethereum. Uh, I think Polygon has a bright little future here and they're hiring it. I just wanted to cover this article, non-financial advice, of course. And the last article of the day, Tether has launched a USD stablecoin on NEAR protocol. So big news for NEAR. Uh, NEAR is in the top 30, I think, like just barely. It's at the bottom-ish of there somewhere. And this is big for them. Near Protocol becomes the latest network to onboard the largest stablecoin by market capitalization, USDT. Tether will be launching a stablecoin, USDT, on Near Protocol. With this, the cryptocurrency will be circulating on a total of 12 different blockchains, with Near Protocol being the most recent one of them. And that is going to wrap up for today's show. It is 9.30 on the dot. The markets have just opened. And yeah, we're going to be watching price action today. I'll be watching uh, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. If you want to support the show, you can do that through the show link. You can be our very first Patreon supporter at this moment in time. We don't have a Patreon supporter. You could be the first for three bucks a month. Uh, if you want to buy a ledger, you can do that through the link in the description and the price of that sale, 10% of it anyway, will go to support the show at no cost of you. And if you want to support the show, the most integral thing you can do is give us a uh, subscribe and a review on your favorite podcast listening platform, whether that be Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Addict, uh, whatever you're listening to us on. Uh, please give us a subscribe and a review, and that has, helps the podcast grow significantly. And that is going to be it. Thanks so much, and bye for now.